Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the PPC Chat Roundup. This week, we chat about digital advertising and privacy. Can they coexist? There have been quite a few updates lately around privacy. And the biggest one that's caught all our eyes is from Search Engine Journal that came out yesterday that talks about how Google is killing Flock. So that was their previous solution for data privacy and introduces Topics API as its next gen targeting tech and how in short it'll work. It says that with Topics, your browser determines a handful of topics like fitness or travel that represents your top interests for that week based on your browsing history, Google said in the announcement. And when a user visits a participating site, Topics selects three topics to share with the site and its advertising partners. So yeah, today we just delve a little bit deeper to our confidence into how well data privacy steps, all these data privacy steps that Google is making, that some government bodies continue to make in terms of their rules, especially the, the likes of Germany is one I heard today, how all these steps will take place and how confident we are in how data privacy can work in our current world of advertising. So yeah, hope you enjoy. Hello and a warm welcome to this episode of the PPC Chat Roundup, a podcast where I round up the Twitter discussion that happens on Tuesdays at 5pm GMT. I'm your host Anu and I'm recording here from my studio in London, UK, and I use this platform to share not just expert but also my ideas and considered best practices about paid media and the direction the digital industry is going in. So if you want to keep up to date with my tips and tricks in the industry and get the latest on the podcast that has been called your go-to, if you don't make it to the PPC chat live discussions, and even if you do, then like, follow, share, and retweet on that's right, Twitter with my handle, The Marketing Anu, or join our LinkedIn group, which is the PPC Chat Roundup Podcast, or why don't you check our Instagram page, which is at PPC Chat underscore Roundup to get quotes and snippets from previous episodes. It's also a delight to share that this podcast is sponsored by Opteo, a complete toolkit for Google Ads managers. Opteo continuously monitors Google Ads accounts for statistically significant patterns. And when something comes up, Opteo will suggest an improvement that can be pushed alive to your Google Ads account. So it's always looking for efficiency improvement, not just about increasing spends. So join the likes of Spotify, Deliveroo, Selfridges, Etsy, and many more to see how Opteo can help your business do more with Google ads. Why don't you check out this unique link, which is opteo.com forward slash PPC chat for a 60 day free trial. Cause who doesn't like a try before you buy? So as mentioned earlier on, we're going to be talking about digital advertising and privacy. Can they coexist? And Julie brilliantly leads us again this week. And many people joined in the conversation today, just our ideas on data privacy and what we can really expect for the future of it. So going right in, we've got Julie um, saying hello and thank you all for joining today. We are going to have a bit of a philosophical discussion today about digital advertising and privacy. Can they coexist? But first, how are we all doing? And a bit of a roll call as is usual now. We've got Cami Karras joining us as well as Dan Patterson and Julia Weiss as well. Joining us, Robert Brady also joined the discussion as well as Steve Gibson my Michael Fleming and yeah I believe it was some names come on earlier on but 
Bob, yeah, as again, as always, we want to also remind everyone that before we get into questions, this chat is intended for PPC professionals of all levels. So if you have something you want to share, please do. We are a friendly and supportive community. Please don't be afraid to participate. Lurkers as well as podcast listeners, um, of course, are always welcome. So if you missed the chat, but you still want to hear what's been going on. Welcome to this episode. We love to have you here. Definitely. Going straight into our questions for today, Julie starts us off saying lots of talk about privacy and advertising going on. So this top topic seemed very timely. Starting off with the first question, how concerned do you think advertisers should be about user privacy? And Julia Weiss comes in saying very and all caps saying um, if you operate in more than even one market, you are subject to different rules, different expectations, plus your customers deserve your best. Absolutely. Steve Gibson replies saying, in my opinion, there's a trade off between privacy, including fake privacy and our goals as advertisers. But there's not a whole lot we can do to control that. I also come in saying that, yeah, I do think it definitely should be top of mind for advertisers and marketers. I remember I was speaking to a friend, I think it was actually one of um, our guests that came on a few weeks ago, Tiffany Shares, where she was saying about when the iOS update came in that was giving people options to turn tracking off on all the apps on the new iPhone. They did see quite a drop in, you know, being able to see, you know, being able to do remarketing in their audience data and being able to see what, see how they can, you know, retarget people use with like, you know, on the different apps. So that took a hit. And so it's obviously just communicated for me that privacy is what people want, whatever their idea of it. They don't want to be tracked. They don't want to see as many ads as they see before. So yeah, definitely it gives a clear message that a lot of people would rather not be tracked and it definitely needs that whole thinking and ways that people want to go. It needs to really be considered into the marketing strategy. Lawrence Chase replies saying, extremely concerned, especially the bigger you are. Different countries and even states have different rules already and it is going to get more complicated. Julie answers saying, if you have been paying attention to privacy that should change this year between laws in u.s states working their way through legislators laws and lawsuits in eu and an overall bigger emphasis on it by the platforms themselves it will be inescapable michael fleming replying very transparency is just as important as privacy so no matter what your opinion is arming customers with knowledge and respecting them is key robert brady replies to question one as well saying that it's a big issue that will impact targeting a lot some of it justified some channels channels will use privacy as cover to change things in their favor and we've got also lawrence replying to julie's answer where julie talks about the different laws and legislations in the u.s lawrence goes i have been advising the businesses to have legal review their policies with the changes and this is going to need to be a continual thing for companies. Julie also continues saying I think that is great advice especially because I think first party data is a very big gray area for privacy. Lawrence goes yeah and marketing people are not legal people unless you happen to be a board certified law professional and marketer which I am not. This is probably going to get more complex before it gets simplified. Yeah I know there might be some amazingly intelligent people that did a law degree as well as a marketing degree or decided to work in marketing are you one of those people do you have both <laughs> uh, knowledge if not yeah definitely get legal involved 
And then we have Christine Zernheld replying to question one, saying, very concerned. It's a big topic of conversation and I feel like everyone has an opinion on it, but I very rarely hear from actual advertisers in the debate. It is the job of the platforms to make safe policies, but we have to be aware of them as well. And then Julie takes us on to question two, saying, are your clients or stakeholders concerned about user privacy? What do you think is shaping their current attitudes? Now, I don't have an answer for this because I'm in between roles right now and I'll be announcing some great news about what the new role is next week. But yeah, waiting on that. So no clients uh, at the moment. We've then got Julia Vise replying to question two saying, big time, my public sector partners for obvious reasons and some of my other clients have really clear thinking on the topic. If they don't need to collect data to sell the product, why would they? We then have Steve Gibson replying to question two saying, it's hard to say, I work with a company last year. I worked with a company last year whose head of data interpreter GDPR as making many standard approaches to marketing illegal. If she was right, then privacy is a killer. But if she's wrong, not so much. Oof, I'm wondering what those kind of yeah decisions <laughs> were made. Lawrence replies to question two saying, yes, most of my clients are taking it very seriously and making it part of the internal discussions. We will have to work with legal to create platform changes and to ensure we are not crossing lines we may not even know exist. Julie Piccini then replies to question two saying, interestingly, clients are more concerned, most concerned even, with how privacy moves by platform and are impacting their advertising more so than actually thinking about user privacy relative to their actions and properties. As I said, I think it is smart to start thinking more about it. And yeah, I think Julia Weiss as well was continuing her answer to question two when she said big time in terms of public sector partners asking for obvious reasons. And Julia Weiss continues saying just asking that question helps you avoid giant data sets that you can't manage and are responsible for maintaining the question being if they don't need to collect data to sell the product, why would they? And then continuing. And finally, she goes, get focused and clear on what you need. John Ellie also responds to question two, saying my clients are not currently talking about it because I don't think they understand it. And Google did no favors with the flock stuff. And in response to Julie's answer to question two, Julia Weiss goes, truly this. Okay, what is Apple doing and how does that affect my Facebook campaigns? Not so much. How am I serving my customers by collecting and using the data? And um, yeah, just in response to when Julie talks about it's like clients are not really bothered about how privacy moves by platform, but more so they're actually thinking about user privacy relative to their actions and properties. So yeah, so it's all about what is Apple and Facebook doing what's happening in Apple that will affect Facebook and all this kind of like what I mentioned earlier on in terms of the iOS stuff that went down that would definitely have affected Facebook campaigns. We have a Michael Fleming as well replying to question two saying working in-house now privacy has come up a couple of times since I started because we focus internally a lot on respecting our audience relationships. Privacy issues will be key to this during 2022. And then, yeah, Julia Weiss as well replies to uh, Sean Ellie where Sean Ellie talked about Google did no favors with the flock stuff. Julia Weiss goes big misstep. It's already convoluted enough. And now walking this back just gives the fruit phone so more credibility than they've earned. The fruit phone? <laughs> 
And then we have Kirk Williams replying to question two, saying we haven't talked about it a ton, but I would say the overall reactions are similar to the average reaction out there, average and in inverted commas. They like the idea of privacy, but also want targeted ads, the average advertising dilemma of 2020 to 2030. Ooh, looking into the future there. Elizabeth Rule replies to question one saying, I think advertisers should focus their concern on providing a better experience for users at every stage of the funnel. It's possible to maintain privacy while still providing that personalized experience. It just takes more effort. I think Robert Brady doesn't say which answer his which question he's answering, but he says user privacy has multiple components. There is the data you collect as the business, which feeds into ad targeting, remarketing, email marketing, personalization, etc. Then there's the consumer side where they want a frictionless, relevant experience they can conflict. We have then Julie taking us on to question three saying, do you have different views on user privacy as a marketer versus you as a consumer? If so, how do you reconcile those views? Now, it took me a while for me to pen out, tweet out an answer to this. But I have said that, that, yeah, I definitely have given it much more thought as a marketer than as a consumer in terms of the former, in terms of looking as a marketer. Yeah. In, in any chat that we have, I talk about it. I've written a blog about it. I, I've talked, I've spoken at a conference on data privacy. So spoken quite a bit about data privacy as a consumer. I'm very, and I put like the, you know, the shrugging emoji about it. So yeah, it's very like, uh, laser fair, you know, one could say until some of my personal data gets negatively affected, I guess. So, you know, I'm just leaving things as it is. And I'm like, is that bad? Is that really just quite a selfish way of looking at things? I don't know. Am I being selfish or is that what pretty much everyone else is thinking as well? Sean Ellie replies to question three saying a little, I take other people's privacy more seriously than I take my own. Precisely. Nicely said, more concisely said, <laughs> Sean, being behind the scenes, if you will, I know what I'm giving away and how it will most likely be used. Others don't have that insight. So I try to think of that for them if possible. Lawrence replies to question three saying, I actually appreciate privacy, both as a marketer and as a consumer executing it properly is the difficult part. We tend to go too far one way or another with things in general, and I am not an expert. So I just hope the experts do it right for people. Brad Podolsky. Yay. Welcome, Brad. He um, joins us today saying, replying to question two, saying when it comes to privacy in relation to the advertising platforms, clients I've worked with actually rarely question it. When it does come up, it's normally in regards to the protection of user submitted PII, think lead forms. He continues when Flock first came about and there seemed to be pushback and tons of articles coming out. Clients would see those articles and were curious how or if Flock would change their ability to target users. So yeah, it was all about the Flock issues. Kirk Williams then replies to question three as well saying, I don't think so, to be honest. We just understand what is happening more as marketers. Like I also don't want to be needlessly tracked by everyone or everything, but I like the idea of having targeted ads and would love complex solutions that solve both of those problems. Julia Vice replies to question three as well saying, actually, no, I don't. It's been basically the wild west. And as a citizen, I'd like my privacy better protected. As a marketer, I'm absolutely sick of the let's gather everything we can mentality. And then Cameron Harris as well replies to question three saying, great question. I'm, I'm about 90% the same attitude and a thousand percent more concerned with privacy than most of the people 
most of the people I know I'm in my personal life, it drives me a bit batty that more consumers aren't concerned. And then Julie Bicini replies to question three saying, I kind of do, but I'm also a bit jaded about how much privacy ever really existed in anything digital. I do try to bring the sensibilities of people being targeted by our ads into the conversations with clients don't want to engage in shady or semi-shady things. And we've got Kirk Williams as well, who started a very, I think this is the start of the thread, yeah, saying that, saying privacy thoughts. I'm more concerned about which businesses can track me than nobody ever has PII on me. I think solving brand to person solution is a better route than wiping any sort of PII off the map. I don't think this will happen. Check out Sean McGuinness's tweet on this. Like, I want some brands to have my specific shoe size tied to me personally, but I don't want that to be opened up to everyone forever. Got to be a way to solve this that doesn't include Shutter's flock like solutions. And then, yeah, he gives the tweet attached there. Julie then um, replies that saying, that is not even taking into account how data is sold and resold, which most people have absolutely no clue about. For example, did you know your credit card companies most likely selling info about your purchases oh lord don't make me shudder lawrence replies saying yes data is big money for companies whether they sell the actual data or the ability to market to specific customers and then julie goes i'm going to share this here again to any business that collects health or dna information is not automatically covered by hipaa they can sell this data to anyone they want so any business that collects health or dna information can sell the data to anyone they want i don't know whether that applies in the uk Robert Brady replies, and with DNA, all you need is one relative to use the service and they're basically in the data set. Wow, that's shocking. Lawrence goes, yeah, I think I saw something about that being reported a while back. Just a single relative and your whole family's history now is available for businesses to use. Not shady at all. Julia Vice goes, so this is a big problem even outside healthcare. Ring cameras in one neighborhood basically reduce my right to privacy just by being installed correctly on my neighbor's door. Exactly. All this, the ring ring security thing, which is great, which is great for people to prevent people from burgling your house when you're not around or just to help with deliveries. But yeah, how about the privacy that could be had on that? And then Kirk Williams replies, I just saw a lawsuit on this recently. I think some neighbor was suing someone with a ring camera who didn't ask their permission or something super interesting stuff there. Yeah, exactly. All this surveillance stuff. That is really weird. And then Julia Vice goes, watch the neighbor with the camera will somehow have a very well-funded legal team who also promise same day delivery. Robert goes, this is an intriguing idea to area to me because if the camera is pointed at a public space, then how is it different than if someone stood on your street and watched with their own eyeballs or the neighbor looking out their window? Julia goes, at the point of collection, nothing but my eyeballs don't match data with a gigantic global data set. Plus, look at the questions we're asking. We're so focused on what we can do on our porches. We've forgotten to ask, do we want highly surveilled public spaces? Is that good? Do we like rent cameras aimed at the park at all times? No, not at all, especially the children there. Lawrence goes, cameras are most almost literally everywhere now. Cities, stores, people. Could be a huge discussion. I guess, depending on where it gets taken. 
And Julia goes, should be a huge discussion. Do you want CCTV everywhere? Not a move ever made unwatched. It's not healthy. It's not good for us, but we need to protect ourselves and build community. Heady stuff. Kirk continues saying, and when does the government have the right to force access to that data since it's available and for what purpose? Big tech has been fighting them on this same question with phone surveillance for a while. Confession, Kirk goes, I'm all about stopping bad guys, but I'm also about avoiding water gates. So I don't really know what I think about all that. Tough questions and answers. Just a few more here. Julia goes, we won't get through it today. Just look at phone or video culture. We don't even need mounted cameras to constantly be filmed. It's a huge conversation we need to have. Julia goes, and Lawrence goes, yes, you could end up in the background of someone's TikTok video that goes viral to millions of people. And we never asked for that. That is so true. And Kurt goes, these rabbit hole threads are what has always made PPC chat a truly awesome place to hang. I hope I caught all of that and all the emotion of that. And I'm really intrigued as to what you think about all surveillance and these kind of ways of seeing things or being on someone's camera, being recorded, but not knowing you're being recorded and what should be the rules around that. Yeah, the whole chat about ring.com, that I think very, very interesting. Indeed. John Kagan replies to question three saying, absolutely. And they are polar opposites. Don't track me versus come on, just let me do it and stop being lame. It's a great internal monologue. Julie Vice as well continues with her answer to question three saying, for real, when people get annoyed at Google for getting store or restaurant hours wrong, when the owner should run it through GMB, like, yes, it's frustrating. But when you ask Google to do all that for you, you're asking for major surveillance increases. Yeah. Google should not do that for all for us. The company should get that data correct. Julie then goes on to question four saying Google recommended getting clear consent from your customers regarding use of first party data in their latest presentation on privacy. How feasible do you think this is? Yeah, considering Google is the one suggesting this, it's probably a lot harder than, you know, they actually making it out to saying they're like, yeah, just ask for consent. <laughs> I don't know, might be a complicated issue like what we were talking about, surveillance and ring and those guys. Julia Vice replies to question four saying, healthcare peeps, do we want to talk about informed consent and what a mess that is? It's not just a chore, it's a pretty strong gear shift from, oh, I like that watch to I'm allowing or inviting you to contact me. And then we have Julie taking us on to question five saying, yeah, first party data is the current mantra. So let's dig into that a bit. Do you think the use of first party data is inherently more privacy protective than the use of third party cookie data? Yeah, the confusion is real. Before we get into that, we've got um, Daniel Vardy going, clear consent is laughable. I noticed that. Notice the what a lot of sites do now is block the majority of the screen so you can see anything and ask for you to approve cookies, but is in very fine print, give the details. Who even wants to read those things? Yeah, exactly. It's either just accept or manage the settings by going into a deep dark hole of actually trying to say what you want or don't want. Nobody's going to do that. Julia Vice replies to question five saying, no, they're the same. They're both behavioral. One is before you're a customer. One is after. Julia replies saying, I would argue it is less privacy protective. A cookie knows I visited a website and views X. YZ. It does not know my email address. For example, first party data knows way more and I do not actively consent in an easy to understand way to having my data uploaded. 
And we have Elizabeth Rule replying saying, inherently, absolutely not. Can it be? Sure. As we say in SEO, it depends. We say that in paid search as well, Elizabeth. It's a digital marketing thing. <laughs> in this case, it depends on who is collecting this data and what measure they feel like going to in order to provide privacy. Nine out of 10, I don't think those measures will be strict enough. Robert Brady replies saying that if the company isn't selling or trading the data, there should be fewer privacy concerns because only one entity has the data. But that's a big if. And some entities, Google, Facebook, Apple, Microsoft, are really, really large. And we have Lawrence replying to question five as well, saying first party data has a lot of information. Credit card companies literally know where you were on specific days or times and what you bought. Companies know a lot about us and all that data aggregated is incredibly powerful. Julie then taking us on to question six saying, are you and your clients or stakeholders planning for and or taking any active steps with regard to data privacy when it comes to your digital advertising? Michael replies to that saying that no active steps have been taken yet, but this chat is motivating me to make it more of a priority. Yes, we should definitely make it a priority. Elizabeth Rule replies to question six saying, for small businesses, I highly encourage not running ads without a clear privacy policy on the site. And then we have Julie then replying to question six as well, saying how to implement anything still feels like a moving target right now. That being said, having a clear privacy policy on your site, if you don't, should be a top priority for 2022. As for the rest, pay close attention to what happens or changes and go from there. John Kagan then replies to question five, saying that privacy protected first party data is an oxymoron. Lawrence replies to question six saying, I don't think there is clear direction on what or how to change anything currently. There is some direction, but even that is murky. I keep recommending that brands speak with legal counsel to go over the current regulations and what they or we should be doing. Very true. John um, Kagan replies to question six saying, um, collecting as much first party data as possible and operating like a criminal minds profiler on a serial killer and doing anything we can to build consumer profiles on behavior for the future. So building the first party database. Oh, that was a lot to think through. And I'm sure I even like missed some like great comments in there. Apologies for that. But as the name indicates, it's a PBC chat roundup, roundup of the most important, most significant tweets and discussions that have been made on this chat. Some of that really confused me. And I think that even like what's going on in the US is quite different from what's going on in the UK. But the biggest takeaway for me is make sure you talk to legal, make sure legally you know what you're supposed to be doing on your site and you don't assume as a marketer. So I hope you found this talk very useful and taking some great takeaways from it. If for some reason this podcast didn't really get your gears going about this topic, please join us on Thursday to give your thoughts and opinion on the Twitter Spaces chat that will be on this same topic on Thursday at 5 p.m. GMT, so that's 12 p.m. Eastern time, 5 p.m. GMT, 12 p.m. Eastern time. For any feedback about the podcast or even maybe some correction on anything that has been shared, please, yeah, 
DM me on my Twitter handle, The Marketing Anu, or join us on our LinkedIn group, which is PPC Chat Roundup Podcast. We've been getting some new members lately. And yeah, please just keep requesting. I'm happy to hear thoughts about what you think about what's going on in terms of our industry at the moment. It will also be great to get longstanding members, longstanding listeners or new listeners to leave a rating or review. You can leave a rating on Spotify now. So please check that out. But if you are an Apple user, please, yeah, leave a review on the podcast. It's really great for the algorithm, for, you know, as a social proof for other people to, you know, to show that people are listening to this and it's worth listening and to increase that viewing. The more listeners we get, the more motivated I am to do these recordings and the longer it will go. And I really want that to happen. So please go to this link, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E forward slash ppc chat underscore roundup so that's a link tree link so that's l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e forward slash ppc chat underscore roundup again this podcast is made possible by the great guys at opteo who are always helping you to do more with google ads and for a 60-day free trial check out opteo.com forward slash ppc chat finally remember for your campaigns and businesses to glide smoothly there's a lot of hard work needed beneath the surface so keep your swans kicking bye and speak to you next week